Yeah, as I was uh, reflecting upon this year um, and asking the Lord, you know, what, what are some of the things that he wants us to focus on uh, in, in, in this year, I felt this, I felt this phrase came to mind. And um, it was about laying it on the line. And, um, and so after um, talking with the guys and, and you know, just seeing uh, whether it's got some momentum, we believed that uh, the Lord was just encouraging us along this. And so this, this theme of laying it on the line is going to undergird both our preaching and teaching, but also uh, our praying over this coming year. Uh, and oh, we're going to, like, in, in our preaching, we're going to look at some of these in a thematic way because it, it helps us engage and helps us uh, pinpoint things. So we're going to look at things like in the line of duty. We're going to look at like, things like in the firing line, look at spiritual warfare, uh, a line of thought about stuff that goes on in your mind, fall into line, down the line, looking at the, the, the future, maybe do some stuff around heaven. So that's, that's just giving you some idea of where we're going to be going during, uh, during the course of the year. But as I say, it's also this particular phrase is going to undergird our prayer life, just like Jubilee prayer uh, undered our, uh, undergirded our prayer life uh, last year and we were delighted to see all that God did through that. I know that laying it on the line is it's quite an emotive it's quite an emotive thing. It's um, maybe even something that you, you need some energy reserves to even be able to do that. It's a very emotive statement. Um, and, and maybe it's the kind of challenge that not everybody will welcome, and I understand that. But I do believe that in this church, there are people who just believe that God has got something great for them. You might not be able to say it's this or it's that, but there is a sense of call on your life. There's a, a sense of destiny. There's, there's a sense that God has got something more for you, that, that you were born for a purpose, that, 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 that there is something about uh, now and this season that, that God is wanting to do through you. And everything may not be clear, but you can't shake off this feeling that God has got something for you. And, and, and so I'm excited to, to come and preach this today because I believe that there are people here who know that God wants to do them to do something more with their life. See, laying it on the line, it's, it has a faith element to it, but it has a risk element to it too. Because whenever you read the word faith, you also have to read the word risk. Faith is a nice Christian word. It's a nice Bible word. It's a nice, it's a nice word that we, we use, but essentially faith is just another way of spelling risk. When we hear the word risk, we kind of shy away from that a little bit because uh, we don't know what the outcome would be. And the, the, the connotation of risk is that we think of all the things that might go wrong. But of course, the, with risk, there are things that might go right. We don't have to believe for everything to go wrong. If there's a risk, faith tells us 
that things can go right and we believe for it to go right. But faith by its very nature is not sure of the end result. If it was sure of the end result in that you could actually pinpoint it and specify it, then it wouldn't be faith. But with faith, there's gotta be an element of doubt. Doubt has to exist in order for faith to exist. And yes, sure, God gives us a gift that even though we can't physically see it yet, we are believing for it, we're holding on. We are trusting God that it's gonna be true, but it takes time for some of those things to come true. So God wants us to understand that, as we, that, we, that when we lay things on the line, there is an element of risk because we don't know how things are going to turn out. We often want God to save us from things. We, we, we believe in a God who's going to protect us. I've prayed those prayers many times myself. We, we believe, oh God, you know, God, look after us on the road, look after us on the journey, uh, you know, help us, provide for us, make a way for us. We pray those kind of prayers and, and oftentimes uh, we are believing for things to work out a certain way. We, we, we want to be saved from things. But God doesn't always save us from things. He will sometimes save us through things. Uh, actually, is my experience, I don't know about yours, but more often he will save me through things than he saves me from things. See, I pray my prayers. I say, oh God, I want, I'm believing for this, I'm believing for that. And when I pray those prayers, I've kind of got a bit of an idea in my head of how I think like, like things to work out. But you know, God does not follow my ideas. He's got ideas of his own. And actually they are higher than mine. So actually better to go with those ideas, but, but they don't always follow uh, what, I, what, what I want or what I think. And that means that, that he will save me through things. I, I, I wanna be saved from the fire, but God will save me through the fire. As I walk through the fire, I won't get burned. As I walk through the waters, I will not be drowned. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, of death, yeah, God, God will be my shepherd. God will, God will make a way, but we've gotta be prepared when we lay it on the line. He's gonna take us through some things that we didn't anticipate. That is the nature of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, you talk to people, you know, I have it all the time, you know, pastor, we need, God is a miracle working God. We need to be believing for miracles. And I'm saying, amen, you know, God is a supernatural God. We wanna believe for the supernatural, absolutely, amen. Oh, great, you know, amazing to believe for miracles. But, and, and we love the miracle language, but most of us ignore the crisis that comes before the miracle. Because in order for it to be a miracle, you gotta have a crisis before. And, 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 and most of us don't get excited about crisis because basically when I'm saying, oh God, we're believing for your miracle, we're believing for your breakthrough, we're, we're actually saying, God, give us crisis, give us difficult stuff where we need to trust you and believe you because then we'll get the miracle. Yeah, it suddenly it, it just puts a different twist on the whole thing to do with believing for miracles. Do I believe in miracles 100%? But you've gotta go through some stuff in order to get to your miracle. See, God is 
more committed to my development than he is to my comfort. He is, he is, he is, he is, he is committed to me growing and becoming more and he will use circumstances to grow me and, and develop my faith. You know, if you're looking for an easy road when you're really following God, when you're genuinely following God, it's not an easy road. But he does, when he promises me peace, when he promises me joy, it's not just that I will find those in the circumstances, he will help me find it despite the circumstances. That's why Paul and Silas can be locked in a prison cell. And they can sing despite their chains. They can lift their voice to God and they can celebrate. Why? Because there's something greater going on inside them. They were not a prisoner to their circumstances. They, were, they, they allowed the God part of them to manifest itself in that environment. God is looking, that stuff you're facing right now, that situation you're going through right now, God knows where you are. You have not dropped off the radar. He knows everything about you and He is going to help you in that situation. But you've got to trust Him. God is close. God is with you. God does not always feel close. God does not always feel that He's with you. But thank God, His presence is not dependent upon what I feel. His presence is dependent upon His Word. And His Word tells me that I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That is what His Word said. That is his commitment. You can count that as good. You can count that as signed, sealed, and delivered. Because I am not dependent, I'm not dependent upon who I am or what I believe. I'm dependent upon him. He is the one who will make a way. He is the one who will open the door. He is the one who will provide. He is the one who will heal me. He is the one who will do more than I expected or anticipated. And that's why I can trust in him. And that's why I can lay it on the line. Laying it on the line means I'm in this. I am committed. You know, commitment cannot just be a word. Commitment is not just about me saying I'm committed. I've actually got to be committed. It's, it, it, there are some things that have to be proved by my actions. I can say that I love you, but that is not enough. The only way that you will know that I love you is not because I, just because I say it, but my actions will prove that. It's the same with commitment. I can say I'm committed, but you will only know if I'm committed if my actions prove that I am committed. And God is looking for that kind of commitment. In 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, the Bible says this, it says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I, I, I love that, I love the fact that the God's eyes are looking around the cities and the nations of the earth and, and looking for hearts, looking for hearts that show themselves to be fully committed. And as 
people commit their hearts, God is saying, I, because as you commit yourself to me, I am committing myself to you and I will strengthen your heart. Because the truth is that when I commit myself to God, there's all kinds of stuff that will seek to stumble me and trip me up and confuse me and push me back from the things that God has got for me. But God says, no, don't worry, I'm, I'm looking. I, I know where you are. You know what? God hasn't got an iPhone. He hasn't got fine friends. He just knows where you are. He doesn't need the internet to know where you are. And he is strengthening the hearts of those who are fully committed to him. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's got you. God has got you. You are going to be just fine. God has not called us to something that is soft and fluffy and middle of the road. You know, it's, it's, it's not just about, you know, a nice, a nice little life. It's not just a nice little alternative way of living where, yeah, yeah, I just get on with my life and it's pretty much the same as everybody else, but I've got peace and I've got friends and I've got a lover that we sing some lovely songs and, 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 and yeah, you know, that's great, but God has not called us to a soft, fluffy little life where we just rub each other's backs and say it's gonna be all right till Jesus comes and till we, he, God has come with a radically different kind of road for us to walk. Jesus himself said uh, to his disciples in Matthew 16, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? In Matthew 10, Jesus says this. He said, he who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, like, I, I know you might want to take out your tipex and start just, oh, I don't like those verses. No, I don't like those, those verses are not for me. I like these verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I like those verses. I don't like it's, uh, those verses. They're a bit, no, but Jesus was talking to us about a life where you have to lay it on the line. He was saying that that's how I'll know. That's how others will know that you, have, that, that you are mine because you are seen to be somebody who has laid it on the line. This is commitment. And thank God that Jesus did not have a heart, half-hearted approach to your salvation and my salvation. Thank God he did not back away from the challenge of laying it 
on the line. He did not shrink back. Luke 22 tells us that, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus did not back off from the cross. He went there for you and he went there for me. I'm so glad that I'm saved. I'm so glad that I'm forgiven. I'm so glad that I don't have to carry the guilt and the shame that I used to carry. I thank God that I'm a forgiven man. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. This is my story. This is my song. This is what, I don't know what God has done for you, but I know he's what he's done for me. I know what he's done for my family and the same God who has done it for me and the same God who's done it for my family can do it for you and can do it for your family because there's no problem so big that God isn't bigger still. There's no issue so deep that his love won't reach deeper still. God is able. God is magnificent. God is wonderful. He is the one and only. He is the omnipotent. He is the omnipresent. He is God almighty. Is anything too hard for the Lord? There is nothing too difficult. He is the way maker. He is the door opener. He is the one who heals the sick. He is the one who will comfort your broken heart. He is the one who will dry your eyes. Oh, he is God and he is wonderful. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. My God. You see, laying it on the line is the opposite of holding back. There's so many things in our lives. There's so many things in our walk with God where stuff will seek to hold us back. Our fear, our feelings of being overwhelmed, our inadequacies, our weaknesses, our circumstances. But God has not called us to be those who shrink back. Laying it on the line is letting go and letting God. It's about putting God in the driver's seat of my life. See, if I get in a car and somebody's in the driver's seat, I can, I can have my map and I can have my directions, but actually I'm going where they're taking me. Because by them being in the driver's seat, they've got the power to take me where they want to go. I can have my intentions, I can have my preferences, but I have to yield to the one who's in the driver's seat. Too many of us, we've got God in the car. We love God being a passenger. We love being in the presence of God. We love God being there, but he's not in the driver's seat. We love talking to God. We love being in the presence, but, but he's not in the driver's seat. This only works when God is in the driver's seat. Trusting him with my now and my tomorrow. It's a decision to not walk according to man's wisdom or my wisdom, but according to God's wisdom. So in a sense, today's sermon is like a little sermon of two halves. And uh, as I've already expressed to you, um, 
laying it on the line is going to undergird our prayer emphasis for this year. And so I'm going to set this up and then we're going to have a bit of time to write out some prayer stuff and I'll give you some direction in that in just a moment. But in regard to this, I felt the Lord direct me to Exodus 2 and the birth of Moses. And this is fantastic preaching material, but I'm going to I'm just going to hold steady because otherwise we're not going to get through it. But the Bible says this, that now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it amongst the reeds among, along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Now God gave this woman faith to defy the king's edict and to hide that which could not be hidden. Uh, you can hide many things. My grandson was uh, sat with his auntie Sadara on the front row in the first service. Let me tell you, he's, he's just about five weeks old now. Me, there are many things in life you can hide, but when he gets going, trust me, I know, you can't hide a baby. And yet God gave this woman faith and ability to hide what could not be hidden, but there came a point where she had to let go of that which she could not keep. You see, if she wanted to keep it, she had to let go of it. I'm preaching to somebody right now. If she wanted to keep it, she had to let go and push the baby out, it's a ridiculous thing. It is a crazy thing. No mother in her right mind would put her baby in harm's way by pushing it into the crocodile infested waters of the Nile. But in her heart and mind, I know, she was not pushing that baby into the arms, into the waters of the Nile, she's putting it in the arms of God. She was laying everything on the line and entrusting it to her heavenly father. You can do all you can, but there comes a point when the only way this is going to work is when you lay it on the line. And I just love the fact that, that having done that, they watched, the sister watched from a distance to see what God would do. Well, last year, we, as you know, did Jubilee prayer, and this year, we're gonna do laying it on the line. And, and it's, what is that about? Well, it's about, it's about taking hold of our stuff, the stuff we're carrying, and putting it on the line, pushing it out into the hands of God. I don't know what you're believing for, this year, I don't know what is some of the things that are, are going around in your mind and your spirit and your heart, some of the things that burden you, but I want to encourage you 
to put that stuff on the line. And what we're going to do, you can see in the first service, people have done it already. And you have here a, a card on your seat and a pen with it. And it's really, really simple what we're going to do in just a moment. Here you have two sides. And essentially, you can fold it along the perforation because it is meant to be torn in two. What we're going to ask you to do is to write the same, your same prayer requests on both pieces. So you write it once and you write it twice. Why? One, you're going to lay it on the line. We've labeled it, laying it on the line. That's the one you're going to lay on the line. The other one is the same prayer request that you're going to take away with you. You're going to keep it. You're going to be able to pray over it. You're going to be able to bring your faith to it. But when we gather together here, those prayer requests are going to be on the line. We're going to, we're going to be praying over those things in our services, in our prayer meetings. But, but you'll also be able to privately pray. And there we, we put this scripture. It says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. This is, this is where I believe. I'm putting this on the line. I'm believing God. I'm trusting God. I'm confident that I will see God's goodness in this situation. Amen? So we're going to do that right now. So uh, if you uh, can take your card, fill out the same prayer request on each card, and then take your, take your laying it on the line part and a little, your little peg and go and take anywhere in the room, you can go and, 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 and uh, put this on the line just when you're ready. There'll be some music playing. Just take a few moments to, to do that. Thanks, guys. And I want you to uh, just turn to maybe the installation that's nearest to you. Raise their hand towards it. I want, I want you to understand you're not raising your hand towards pieces of paper. What those pieces of paper represent are the hopes, the dreams, the pain, the burdens that people are carrying. These are the prayers. This is the stuff that people are putting on the line. And uh, we want to we wanna treat these things honorably and respectfully, but we bring them before the Lord. And we're not just going to do that today. We're going to do that consistently through the years. So let's raise our hands and raise our voices and just pray. Pray, pray like you know, you pray like you're believing that God is going to break through and turn those situations around. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's lift our voices. Father, we are trusting you right now as we bring 
all these requests before you, all these things that we are laid on the line, we are believing, oh God, that you're gonna bring hope and you're gonna bring healing and you're gonna bring breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We believe, Lord God, that you are a God who not only hears prayer, but you are a God who answers prayer. And God, as we have already confessed, is anything too hard for the Lord. So we are trusting you this morning, oh God, as we bring as we bring our hopes and dreams before you, that God, you're gonna take hold of these situations and we are thanking you in anticipation, oh God. We are thanking you for answered prayer. We are thanking you, oh God, for the many testimonies that you're gonna bring out of this as we have laid it on the line in Jesus' name and a faithful church said, amen. amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering as you take your seat. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So as I say, we're gonna keep praying uh, over those. Please don't forget to take this side with you and, uh, and keep praying over it. And you know, the thing is this, this is what I felt because this is why I, I chose this scripture uh, uh, because I love the posture of it. It says, I remain confident of this. See, there's a degree of confidence. It's, it's about saying, you know, God, you're able. God, it's not like, oh, if possibly, maybe. It's a statement of faith. No matter what I'm thinking or believing right now, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord. This should be our confidence. This should be our confession, that no matter what goes on, no matter how quickly things seem to happen or don't happen, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can you say amen? So kind of the second part of what I wanna share with you is a little bit, I think, prophetic in regard to what I wanna say to us as a a house um, at this time. And laying it on the line, I, I felt was also about laying down our strength. What do I mean by that? Well, let me point you to Genesis 22, we have this amazing story where the Bible says that sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. And then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now, those of us who know that story will know that it had a good ending, thank God, that the Lord stepped in and he did not have to, Abraham did not have to sacrifice his son. But Abraham was prepared to. If you read that account, you will know that he was prepared to, and he trusted and left everything on the line. He laid down, his son was representative of his strength. His son 
was everything that he believed for. It was years and years of, of believing for a, a, a prophecy to be fulfilled and then God fulfilled the prophecy and, and it was years and years of prayer and it was years and years of battling doubt. That, that son represented the future, it represented the strength. It, it was, I don't know, uh, God, you are the God, you are the God who holds the future, but, but God needed to be sure that, that Abraham was more confident in God than he was in the stuff God had given him. He, we, we, we have to be more confident in what God, who God is than the things that we have. It's not our strength that is gonna get us through. It is only God. In obedience to God, he laid down where he was strong and submitted to God. You see, it's, it's like some of us, we, we, we say, I wanna be used by God. I'm believing to be used by God. And again, in our mind, when we're praying those prayers and we're saying those kind of things, we have in mind, well, obviously God has gifted me in that area and God has given me a strength in this area. So when God is gonna use me, surely, He's gonna use me in my area of strength. But God can use me however he wants to use me. And I lay down my strength. I lay down the gift you gave me, Lord. I lay down the strength you've given me. And then conversely, Paul reminds us when he spoke to the Corinthian church that there's a place where we don't just lay our strength on the line, but we lay our weakness on the line. He speaks to us in this scripture as an encouragement about laying down our vulnerability, about giving up our restriction and allowing God to reveal, our, reveal a strength that can only come through him. Paul said it like this, he said in 2 Corinthians, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Rachel Bussell um, presently heads up our worship teams um, across the, the campuses. And uh, last year, uh, after one service, uh, you'll often see her playing the piano here, I got up and I prophesied over her about the beauty of her hands. And those who know her would have maybe thought, well, that sounds a little strange because, you see, since a little girl, um, Rachel has battled a condition known as juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And you see, naturally speaking, Rachel's hands should not be able to do what they do. They, 
naturally restricted. There's natural limitation. And so that's what I was celebrating with her as I prophesied over her. And then it wouldn't leave me, so I asked Ryan if he um, would put together a little film about her hands. Just, I'm so excited and celebrate all the, the creativity that we are seeing emerge in this house. What Ryan and the media team done, these beautiful installations done by Jess and Beth. Amazing stuff. Celebrate that. So Ryan, very kindly and graciously, because I was not really able to be overly clear what it was that I wanted. I just pointed him in the right direction and I was just really excited about what was um, produced. And so I'm just gonna show that to you now. It's been, we've had it since last year. I didn't know what to do with it, but I just feel that now is the time on the line. God clothes that weakness in His strength. He turns my I can't into His I can. See, I believe there are too many of us that believe that, only, that God only uses the strong. We disqualify ourselves because of what we believe we are not. I believe too many are afraid to lay it on the line because we fear what we will lose rather than focusing on what we will gain. Really appreciate Rachel making herself so incredibly vulnerable to show you scars that she hadn't even seen herself. But what Rachel does here week in, week out is refuse to allow the music God has put inside her to be trapped by limitation. Week in, week out, she lays herself on the line, her limitation, her restriction, and allows God to produce something beautiful with that. And part of the thing that I prophesied over her was this belief that somehow she represented a sound that this house was supposed to make. Where all the couldn'ts, shouldn'ts, wouldn'ts and didn'ts allow God to take hold of them and release something beautiful. I think what I love is essentially Rachel lay her excuses on the line and trusted God with it. And I just want to believe with you. I don't know, what is it, what is it you're carrying? I mean, we can hear what Rachel's carrying and, and what she's carrying may not be what you're carrying, but you're carrying something because that's why you're here. That's why you're on the earth. 
God has placed something inside of you and, and maybe there's all kind of stuff that if you could have it your way, you would do it different. If you could have it your way, it wouldn't look like that. If you could have it your way, it wouldn't seem like that. And yet, if you can lay it on the line, if you can entrust it, into the hands of God. I believe that we as a house, we as a community, all over the city and up and down this land, we can release a sound of those who've entrusted their weakness and their vulnerability into the hands of God and allow God to turn it into something incredibly beautiful.